Hey listeners, this is your host, Brother X. Uh, I've come to you guys before today's episode, and I wanted to just make sure I put the disclaimer out here. Nothing crazy happened in today's episode, but I want to make sure that it's clear that all views and opinions that are expressed in this week's discussion are of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the opinions or thoughts of the Truth and Transparency podcast. With that being said, guys, let's get started with today's episode. Let's go, let's go, let's go. See, now that's how you do it. You, you press the record button so we can start the show. Listen, sir. I give you a little bit of power on the podcast. Coming. I don't need the power. You don't need the power? I don't need the power. So, so we still do this episode? No, we are definitely doing this episode. You sure about that? I'm 100% sure. Go ahead and start the show. Please. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of the Truth and Transparency Podcast with your host, Brother X and... The Cultured Scientist. Uh, must you be extra all your life all my life and i'm in such a great mood i I wonder why i I mean i think we got some new people in the house today i mean yeah i mean i feel like you need to share it but um first and foremost guys i want to let you know that um brother x will be a solid listener on today's episode i will be listening i won't be sharing any thoughts or my paid unpaid engineer we're just here to observe and be supportive and create space so last week was the all man episode basically about what is masculinity what does it mean to be a man and we had they had some really good topics they had some really good conversation it went deep it went ratchet it went a little crazy they talked about strippers um yeah why got put all my business because it was a good episode though especially having your father on it it was good however Mm. on this week's lineup we are it's the ladies episode Okay. Okay. We're gonna talk about femininity. What does it mean to be a woman and all the all the good stuff surrounded around all of that? And for today's lineup, I have some of my closest and dearest people in my life, and I'm happy to um, be able to have them on here. So with that, without further ado, I will allow them to introduce themselves. Who would like to go first? Just unmute yourself and begin talking. Anybody? Hey guys, so this is Nye Clark. I am um, Tia's sister, big sissy. And I'm out of here in Las Vegas. Um, So thank you guys for, well, thank you ladies, excuse me, for having me on here. Um, So a little bit about me, um, I'm a powerhouse. Um, Right now I'm corporate America, but I'm going to be going from banking on me to uh, from banking on the bank to banking on me. So um, just stepping out into the real life reality and kind of stepping out on faith. So um, I love a lot of things. So I cannot wait for this discussion. And I'm so thankful my baby sister invited me. So thank you. Who's next? Hello, everyone. My name is Deshera. Um, Deshera Suleiman, everyone calls me Didi. I went to college with Tia. That was my little baby in college. Um, a little bit about myself. I'm from Virginia. I am currently a resident of Philadelphia. If you ever come to Philly, just go for food because Philly got some bomb ass restaurants. Um, Shout out to the cheesesteak. Yeah, we go to the poppy stores. We don't go to the big chain restaurants. We I go agree. to the poppy, st- poppy stores and the um, local restaurants for cheesesteaks. Or you can make them yourself. <laughs> 
little bit about myself. I am a clinical case manager with children for autism. I love kids. I don't know what it is. Even this past weekend, I, I just grab kids just gravitate to me. Also, when a form of self-care, form of therapy for me is cooking. I love to cook, but I don't like cooking for nobody, if that makes sense. But yeah, that's a little bit about myself. Thank you. Thank you. Next up, next up. Hey, hey, Jay Monet. I'm currently living in Virginia. Um, I did want to tell you guys that I did see y'all at the freaking wedding and I didn't get to speak to you guys. Oh, you were there? Yes, I was. And I was trying, I wanted to speak to y'all, but y'all were taking pictures and I didn't want to interrupt. Um, I didn't want to interrupt while y'all were taking pictures or whatever. Mm. Malcolm, you need a different video recorder because when you were turning the camera, it was so mm. choppy. Oh wait, oh, oh wait, we, before we go any further, no, no, there are certain things were out of my control. We shall discuss later. The Truth and Transparency podcast puts forth quality product on anything they do. All thoughts and opinions are expressed by the guests and guests alone. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, I don't need to be shady. I'm not trying to be shady. You're not, you're not. It's just it's a joke. Good. It's all good. But no, I did see y'all and I wanted to speak, but I didn't stay for the uh, reception. I had to go to work. But um, yeah, I did see you guys. Aww. So yeah, that's just that on that. Hey, y'all. Oh, you don't want to say nothing special about yourself? Girl, there's nothing special to say. What y'all want me to say? Um, I work from home. I also just started uh, two businesses, a notary, and then I got my lash and spa product line going. That sounds um, like a lot of things going for you, you know. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Y'all know me. I just be cool. <laughs> so I, I mean, so. like, come on. I just be cool. So that's just it. Okay. Desi, next. Hi, guys. I'm Desiree. You may have heard me on previous episodes known as The Lady Ray. Um, I am happy to be here based out of North CAC. And thank you, ladies, for having me. Yay. So I'm really excited with this cast that we have today. So we're going to jump right into oh, it. Hold on first. I'm sorry. I keep jumping back in. But um, our unpaid engineer... Mr. Smith, we always appreciate you. Even though the culture scientist doesn't say so sometimes, we appreciate you. I had to make sure we acknowledge him for all the hard work he does for the show. And I'm off again. Okay. If you come back, we're going to find you. He's going to come back again, I bet you. We're going to find you. I bet you. <laughs> okay. Anyways, we're about to move forward. And we're going to get into our segment called I Just Think It's Funny. And again, this is kind of episode, These are this is a section where we find something that might actually be funny, but may not actually be funny. Or it's ironic, or other people think it's funny, or it could just be stupid, or, you know, all around. Whatever just makes you feel. So the first one we are looking at is um, this article about a bobcat attack that took place in, in North Carolina, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and the article begins saying, I could feel the tooth. North Carolina man throws, shoots rabid bobcat after attack on wife. 
So we're gonna have our um, unpaid intern playing the video. Hopefully we can all hear it and we'll describe it afterwards. Good morning. I need to wash my car. Listen, listen, all I got to say is if my future husband is not prepared to throw a bobcat for me like that man did, I don't want him. I don't he, want you him. shot him too. Listen, say that. And when it went back for his wife, he was like, you can hear the love. He was like, baby, <laughs> right. He was really there for it. Like he was there for her. <laughs> oh, yes, Malcolm, would you do that? Since you keep butting in anyways. Oh, I'm allowed to speak now? Go ahead and speak. Would you pop in? Yeah, of course I would do that. I don't believe it, but okay, thank you. Wow, all the things that, see, you gonna call me on the show and insult me. I give you the good chair and everything? Wow. Actually, actually, you would. You would bring your sword downstairs. Yes, I say strapped up with the swords. Try it if you want to. But go ahead. And I'm going to send you to the upper room. Go ahead and play this joke soundbite. I want to hear it. Really quick, really quick. It's coming. It's coming. I don't hear it. Oh, you couldn't hear it? Mm-mm. Well, for the listeners at home, since, heck, I'm still I heard here. the Lion King. Yes. Okay. So what it was, was Lion King, when Rafiki picked up um, Simba when he was a baby, and then he threw him over the thing. And then the animals say, yikes. Yeah. It was, it, it's okay. We're moving on. Let's move on to the next one. Um, the next one is the curious the curious case of the missing Laker podcaster. Okay. Um, Laker podcaster Vivian Flores was accused of catfishing and faking her disappearance. Kevin Durant speaks on it. Oh, he spoke on it? Yes. I missed that part. Where's the part I should Um a couple of days ago, so I'm going to read this to you guys um, really quickly. A couple of days ago, Josh T tweeted asking to help find Laker podcaster Vivian Flores, who has gone missing. People were really concerned because she was she was going through cancer treatments. Okay, Every, um, a lot of big time celebrities like um, like O'Shea Jackson on verified sites even said that the Laker organization, even sites have said the Laker organization was helping. They chipped in to help find her. Everyone was truly concerned about her well-being 
because a young woman going missing, especially one with cancer, is something people could really rally around. Of course, that's something that people could do. Everyone was praying for her safe return. And earlier today, Towsington, so the man who was tweeted this out, said she had been found. Also, she also he was looking for her all weekend himself in 93 degree heat, but more on that later. Everyone celebrated that she had she was home safe and sound. And Tasanti, Tasanti thanked everyone for their support. I'm sorry, I cannot say this man's name correct. <laughs> sorry. Shortly after the news of Vivian's safe return, Kevin Durant and others were on Twitter spaces having a discussion about catfishing when they started speaking when they started speaking about a guy named Big Kings who chaired, who claimed, sorry, who claimed he was catfished by Vivian. Mr. Kings hopped on Twitter spaces to confirm the story and how he had been duped. Okay, okay, let's get to the juicy part. What's the more juicy part? Is that all? Continue. May I? Yes. Um, so here's the big part. So basically, to fast forward, there's a lot of talk that basically a lot of the pictures that the Laker the podcaster was posting seem extremely photoshopped. Okay. Which means like like I'm talking about MySpace Black Planet photoshopped. Like I promise you, like our guests are seeing this right now. You're looking at them like, what on God's screen? Person? Apparently it is, at least according to the pictures. So basically, this doesn't look like the same person. And that's the point exactly. So the this whole person is Asian. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> so basically, with all that being said, it's just like it was really weird because you find out it was like this person goes missing. And the biggest tie to it was there's people who were saying that the guy, um, I you said it was name is Jordan, correct? Or, yes. I saw him, I called him Tasanti. We're we, we going to call him JT for short, just to keep it simple. So basically, he basically is being tied to thinking that someone thinks he is actually that woman or the fake woman, according to some, is posting all this stuff. So we just think it's funny that you post all this stuff about this person being missing and you make this grand show for what? For who? For clout? For people's support? To collect money? I mean, I just think it's funny that people try to claim money or want try to get money in very nefarious ways. Do you know anything about that, cultural scientist? I have no clue anything about that. Well, I'm glad you say that because I see something else I want to bring up that's I, something I think is funny, which is this GoFundMe page. Um, PPP loans um, and people going to jail or being <laughs> So, so the article reads, um, um, our engineer, can you zoom out also slightly, please? Thank you. A woman creates a GoFundMe to help pay Black PPP loans. Back. I said that. Payback. PP loans. That feds, the feds are after me. When, when scamming goes wrong, a woman named Lakeisha Golden is asking the public to help for, assist, help for assistance in paying back the PPP loan she received that was twenty thousand dollars. 
when the government started handing out PPP payback, paycheck protection program loans to help small businesses stay afloat during coronavirus pandemic, people who had no business in filing paperwork did it anyways and were, and were paid big bucks. Now, a woman who received, who received cash from the government is begging everyone to help pay it back. A good, uh, um, and this woman created a GoFundMe account asking the public to help her pay back the 20,000 that she received. It is unclear what business she owns to have received a PPP loan in the first place, but she, she if, but if she has a legitimate business and used the funds for legitimate reasons listed out by the loan, then the loan would be forgivable. So assume sis is out here doing something phony. However, oh, and comments have said, you got 20K PP loan, now that feds are coming after me, help, I can't go to jail, she wrote in a description. I'm sorry, that's how I hear it when I read it, I'm sorry. Um, just for everyone to know. Um, she currently is up to, how much is she up to right now? People have donated and it is up to $4,500 for people to help pay back. Any thoughts, my fellow sisters? Oh, I don't yes. got I'm sorry, go, go my bad. No, go ahead, love. I don't got the, the patience for stupidity because you knew your ass was scamming. So why the hell are people donating money to this basic jank? to pay off this loan. It is so many people out here that is doing this and it, it really affects the ones who really need it the most. Yes. So I don't understand why GoFundMe got that ghetto ass shit up in the first place. They need to take it down. GoFundMe seems to allow a lot of things to just happen. They really do. They yeah. really, really do. And it's not fair. Cause again, there's so many businesses that are struggling. There are so many businesses that have closed down because they can't stay afloat due to COVID. But then you got basic janks like her filling out daggone PPE loans and getting it and now the government after your ass. I don't feel sorry for you. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. Sissy, what were you about to say? Well, I'm over here dying laughing because yesterday <laughs> uh, the PPP loan uh, link came out for Vegas. So we could put the zip codes in and see the, all the little dusty broads, they address, they little fake business, the amount of their money when they got their money, right? So, I mean... I know y'all don't really know Vegas, but it's a particular side of town, like the West side, right? Mm. So it's just low income. And I, I mean, shout out to the low income. I've been there before, right? But you I wasn't over there scheming and scamming, okay? I needed their help. So I wasn't scheming and scamming and risking losing my little housing and my little food stamps or whatever I had at the time, right? So we looking at the names and we like, Ooh, the west side over there so hood rich that's why we ain't got no crabs in the ocean it's a million uh cars going down the west side Martin Luther King where we ain't never seen that before. Out over there. I'm trying to tell you I, I mean the wicked west is where it's at but right now it's gonna be a fed raid over there okay I would tell you it's gonna be a lot of kids in foster care if anybody want to be a foster mama y'all better sign up all right thank you I'm done um before we continue I'm not gonna read this, but um, people in, on, on the call, <gasps> Mr. Smith, can you please zoom in on the the most recent donation? 
Um, and for reasons that I cannot say on the podcast, um, there's a reason why I can't say what the most recent donation says. <laughs> um, I just need people on, on the call to look at this. And um, for those that can't see, and um, we got to do better. I mean, she to raise forty five hundred. Oh, sorry, sorry. She to oh, raise a good, good uh, a good amount of money for this kind of fuckery. Like we ought to be ashamed. GoFundMe ought to be ashamed of themselves. This is ridiculous. This is why they look at us like we crazy. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, wow. Just, wow. Jay, you have any comments on this one? Um, not really, you know. I mean, more power to you if that's what you did. You got your money. Hopefully you're able to pay it back. I think it's too many people for them to like, incarcerate i think it's like way too many people just um, i heard that there were like hundreds of thousands of people who did that mm-hmm. i believe so it. i think that's way too many people and you know like i'm not necessarily team government all the time because you know they slight black people so that's why they take advantage of it. even though i know it, i know it's not just black people that did it you know what i'm saying but you wasn't making it so hard for people to get loans you know maybe it wouldn't happen so much. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a pandemic going on. So, just to more touch power to you. I mean, I'm not going to sit in that cell with you. Just to touch on the part when she said it's not just Black people. You're right. It's not just Black people. But those are the people that they will show the most. Like, those are the people that get, I right. guess, in a way, advertised the most. Like, oh, get talked about the most. And that's frustrating. Um, it's always propaganda when it comes to our people. Of course. Like, they love to push propaganda. On so many different topics that we could go on and on and on about. So, of course, this PPP is going to happen, but because the black chick is raising money or whatever, that's what they choose to put out in the limelight. But I'm pretty sure it's it's some dumb little white kid doing the same thing, trying to find some funds, trying to get anybody to chip in wherever, but they're not blasting that. So, that's why, like, I wasn't really moved for it because I don't allow media to. Um, set the temperature for what I'm gonna get emotional about any longer. Agree. Ooh, I like that. Um, Lady Ray, any comments, concerns for the church? I mean, how do I follow Jay? <laughs> like that food for thought, girl. You a whole buffet. Like I'm over here, like just like what's next? Give me more. Um, but I mean, to your point, like, I think they really kind of are pushing this particular girl in the limelight. Not only is she a black woman, but she is also a mother and she is like, you know, talking about her kids need her and things like that. And it, the way she's kind of selling herself on GoFundMe is, and I don't mean selling herself in a negative way, just promoting, like asking for help. She's saying, um it, it made it seem like she's a single mother of children so i just feel like it's all stereotypical kind of ideas being perpetuated but to that point you know at the end of the day i just feel like all these people and and don't this is what i think i don't think we should sleep on the fact that we think it's too many people for them to incarcerate the government may not necessarily incarcerate every one of them like every, but what they may do is start treating them like the irs treats yeah. um there are people who evade taxes, whereas we will garnish your wages. We will take any money that you are owed. If you're owed child support, if you're owed 
um, any other income, if, you know, that money can probably be taken because you owe us money. And until you owe, pay your money back, whether you work for it or we garnish your wages or whatever we got to do, this is what we're going to have to do. And if that isn't going to suffice, depending on the amount of the loan, then you might have to go to jail. And I think also we got to consider how much money uh, everyone got from the application. I don't think everybody got the same amount. So I'm sure that people who owe, you know, an extravagant amount of money is going to be at higher risk because my understanding is money in this amount, like I think she's saying like $20,000 is a felony mm -hmm. offense in the court. And so good luck. Uh, as nice said, you know, it's a good time to be a foster parent if you need, if you always want to be one because they in need. I mean, that's and what one I, thing. No, what were you gonna say? One thing I also was gonna touch on. <clears throat> um, I definitely like Jay's perspective, but um, if this girl was promoting that she was going to leave her job and start a business, would she have raised forty five hundred dollars? Is, is my question, because I've seen a lot of people promote different things and it's like the foolery is what gets the attention. So that's what people do. So um, I just wonder, and um, I, I did mean, see the story. Like the girl with the Gorilla Glue, she got raised all the money to get her hair fixed. Right, but um, I um, think it was kind of a little bit different for me to specifically know a lot of the people um, that are doing it. And, and when we talk about the kids and all of that, the risk that they have now put themselves in because they do get Section 8 or they do get housing or they do mm -hmm. get some of the benefits. Yeah, you might not go to prison, but when you may not have a place to raise your children and don't have a stable residence, then now your children suffer for, you know, the come up so we, we just got to do a little bit better. This, this was, I believe they knew this was going to happen and they knew we were going to do this because yeah, we, we are old, but we got to go about doing things the right way if, you know, we want to keep it right. Agreed. So with that, I think that's a good way to wrap up on this section. We're going to move on to share truth with the class. And this is, again, we find stories that um, are truthful, that are not necessarily funny, but something that's interesting and intriguing. So um, I want to move forward with the Chrissy Teigen story first, sorry. Um, and Chrissy Teigen explains her Twitter hiatus, um, and it's a brutal place for women. Um, and in general, we don't mean, like, I mean, overall, from this, the title alone, you can get the idea from what she's trying to say and the importance of going away from social media. But yeah, go ahead and scroll, sorry, a little bit. So she said, she states that um, women on the internet have it terrible, but it's not going to stop her from speaking on, up on social media. Before, um, before the queen of clapbacks returned to Twitter Friday following a three week long hiatus, she explains why she left the platform in her first in the first place in an interview on USA Today. It has, it's nothing on Twitter, it's the people. Tegan says, Twitter is a platform, but the issue is the people. And one of those people is me, and me personally, I couldn't do it anymore for my own well-being. Um, she says, also, while people are treating, 
treated terribly online in general, it is a brutal place even more for women. It is, it is just harder to exist as a woman on the internet. Just, we are just nitpicked and torn apart and it is brutal. I think at a, I think at the scale that some of us receive it is just too much for any person to take. And so, yeah, when a good outweighs the bad again, I will be there. Um, and I don't think we have to further read any more of this to kind of get the point. I think I know personally I've had moments, especially this past year. I didn't purposely take a hiatus, but I've noticed that I steered away um, from social media a little bit more when there's and people apparently people have noticed that I have a my presence has gone away a lot and it's been healthier for me I've felt better so I, I can relate to why this is something especially I mean in general being black on social media and then when you add being a woman it also makes it a little bit harder um I think I want to bring on Jay first because I think she is one of my friends that often does not have certain social medias or she has them and she doesn't really use them. So I think she's a good uh, example of this personally. Okay, so first of all, when it comes to Christy Teigen, you gotta take what she says with a grain of salt. I agree. Because it is definitely the message, but with that stuff that she just spoke about, it's very relevant. Yeah, I mean, it's very relevant, but you have to also think about, and usually I wouldn't even come from this standpoint for the most part, but when you have certain people who allow social media to raise them, no matter from what age they are, we're in a whole different era of time. So with technology being pushed and you're allowing the media to raise you, you victimize yourself in some of the things that you do for attention. Christy Teigen and Lizzo are two of the most attention-seeking people on the internet. Masika is another one, you know, and then when they get scrutinized, you know, you, you want to cry wolf and even Lil Nas X just recently did it. Why is it that you put yourself out there the way that you do. Chrissy Teigen didn't have to post that picture of her son between her legs like that and she's damn near naked. After everything that went on yesterday with the trial and then the last little girl, like the little seven-year-old being killed and then the teenage girl being shot in the chest four times in Ohio, boom, here's Lizzo, ass naked on the internet. So although you're a woman, we understand that and we understand that social media is you know, a very vile place because that is definitely why I'm not on there. You know, like I, I just, I can't take it. People like retardation too much for me and I'm not gonna be retarded with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's an agenda. Granted, it's not cool that these cops are doing what they're doing, but that's what you continue to push. All of these police killings, all of these police killings. But the good things that are going on in the world, you don't celebrate. Chrissy Teigen, it's the antics for me. When you do antics and you worry more about your body than your accolades or the business and stuff that you're doing without, you know, being excessively um, greedy with your prices and what it is that you're trying to sell or whatever, like you don't need the antics. However, a lot of people think that if the world was going right, 
it will be boring. But we have so much going wrong that at this point, why can it not just be centered around the positive that is going on in the world? Like, why can it not? You know, there's too much negativity that's making the world go round. Yeah. You know, and it you make it harder for yourself as a woman because you're already known to just be a piece of ass or a tool or something like that. You know, like you're already looked at that way. So I know it's supposed to be the message versus the messenger, but sometimes the, the messenger relaying the message can kind of overshadow the message that you're playing out because you're just not the person to do it. And then your antics is up fogging the message. Like, I can't get behind that. You, you know, I don't know. I just, I feel like you can keep your dignity as a woman without all the antics on social media. Like, you may not end up with a million followers, but at least if you keep promoting yourself the proper way, the people who are on what you are on are going to gravitate to you. I agree. I like that perspective, actually. I didn't think about it that way. It was good. Uh, Lady Ray? I hear what you're saying, Jay, but I kind of disagree a little bit. Like, so <clears throat> the reason why I disagree, excuse me for clearing my throat, but um, the reason why I disagree is I think that sometimes, here's the thing, we have a little bit, like, I know that sometimes it feels, it doesn't feel this way, but I do feel like to some degree, we have a right to choose what we want to consume. I am not someone that is completely on social media. And in many ways, most people would say I am not on social media. I have an Instagram. I don't post. I don't update. I have, I, I go to TikTok, but I don't have an account. Like I am one of those people that still consume areas and aspects of social media. And so I feel like, but I, I feel like I get to choose when, where, what I look at. And so sometimes I, I completely understand that there's like problems in the world there's big things happening you know but I feel like sometimes the antics are fine too I think there's a place for them and I don't think that they have to be toned down just because there's something harrowing going on there's always something harrowing going on in the world whether it's in this country or another country if it's it personal or on a grander scale somebody somewhere is always going through something but at the same time everyone has different needs. So they're consuming different types of information. And I think that for people who are like Lizzo, for instance, and as you know, I might be a little biased because I'm a Lizzo fan, but <laughs> I'm 100% biased because I'm a Lizzo fan. But what I will say is, I think there's space for her to be what she wants to be and what kind of content she wants to create. And if you want to come and consume that content, great. And if you don't, get the hell out. And I think that is what she kind of has been standing for for a long time. Like there's a lot of people that come to her page and it's like, you fat, why are you showing your ass on social media? Da, 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 da. But it's like, but you you showed up. <laughs> you showed up to her page. She didn't reach out to you. You came to her page to tell her that she's wrong. She doesn't feel the need to be wrong. And I think sometimes anti what we see as antics could be facets of people's personalities. Um, I can 100% say that I have friends that would tell you they would describe me as extra, as Malcolm kind of defined here earlier in this. They would say I am dramatic. I do consider myself a lot of those things on the positive end, but I also understand that that can have negative connotations too. But at the end of the day, that's who I am. 
And so I think sometimes it's easy for people to say, this is an antic versus this is just who they are. And maybe sometimes you go too far exposing yourself. I think the one, I think to your point though, I think the one thing that women and men should understand and anybody in between is that at the end of the day, you don't have to share everything with everybody. And if you share so much of yourself, you may be doing yourself a disservice to your spirit and your confidence. And you have to be prepared for that. And just understand that if you share it, that you are welcoming all walks of life to having an opinion on that. And you have to be prepared and strong enough to take that. And if you're not, then maybe you shouldn't share that. And so just, you know, managing, I don't think you should manage for the masses. I don't think it should be about, oh, I don't, people might see me a different way. I think you should manage for your well-being. And so if you're fine being butt naked on social media, knowing you're going to get positive and negative reviews, and that's cool with you, great. But if you, a little bit of you feel like any negativity is going to really hurt your spirit, um, I think that you might have to reassess. And I think in this case with Chrissy Teigen, where she's saying it's a brutal place for women, I think a lot of women do feel that, oh, I can do this. I'm confident. I know I look good. I know da, da, da. And then somebody hurt their feelings. And then they're like, never mind. I shut down. But I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a reset of their spirit and reevaluating. Do I need to share all of myself with the world or should I save some of this for me? And that was good too. You know, I like having the good counterbalances. Yeah, yeah. Who's next? Anybody? Um, maybe one more, and then we can move on to um, the Black business highlight and uh, this week's actual topic. So, either of you. I think it's okay for, um, I do agree that there's a space for everything. And with there being a space, I feel like. It, the only reason why I brought it up is not necessarily because everything is going on in the world. It's not, it's not even necessarily that, because even if nothing was even going on and Lizzo would have posted that, it gets on my nerves. And not, not just because she posted, you know what I'm saying? Like the media shares it. And that's not something that everybody on social media is allowed to do. But because this woman wants to express her femininity this way, and because she's bigger, if they were to tell her to not do it, part of the propaganda is the body shame and stuff. You know what I'm saying? But there is a space for you. OnlyFans, porn websites. Like if I'm not allowed because, you know, they're doing the whole censorship thing. If I'm not even allowed to post on my page music, you know what I'm saying? Without saying I don't own the rights to this music without them taking it down, which is kind of counterproductive because you already know I don't own the rights to it. That's why you're flagging me. Why is this woman allowed to be butt naked? If I can't say a white woman was actually the person that put, that set the Wendy's on fire down in Georgia or whatever, why can she be naked like that? Everybody's not allowed to do these things. And when you are allowed to do it and you get that negative feedback, then you want to cry about everything and say that the internet is being mean to you. But you chose to share that knowing that other media outlets were going to let the rest of the world 
besides just your followers and those who come to consume your content, we're going to find out about it. And then you talk about the internet, but you're not going to your space where that would be okay for you to do. So, so what I'm hearing right now is double jeopardy. I'm, or I'm hearing double standard, basically, which for me sounds like a great transition into what does it mean to be a woman personally. Um, so before we do jump into that, um, we're going to go into the Black Business Highlight. And today's Black Business Highlight um, is something close to my heart. It's one of my, um, I actually have dealt with them numerous times through Durham, um, North Carolina. They are Queen Redefined LLC. It is a product and a service company. And this is a motivational platform that is used to embrace and inspire um, and empower the queen within. It's more than a business, it's an attitude and it's more and a movement. So um, the they, I actually have a shirt that says society does not define me. Um, that is um, offered by Queen Redefined. They offer different events, they offer shirts. If you have any event that you like to put on, you can work with them. For example, there was an event called the Coco Drip Tour a couple weeks ago, and they were the hosts, and this allowed Black business vendors to come all the way through. It was like a little festival um, um, and like little market that was happening. And actually, they're doing another one on May 29th here. And I was actually lucky to be a vendor through this. And again, this is just about uplifting Black women um, all through, in general, all through the nation, but in particular right now within Durham, North Carolina. And they can be found on Instagram at Queen Redefined. And then secondly, um, my second Black business that I would love to highlight is another um, Shaw University graduate. Um, and it is Tulips Bomb Body Care. And it is dedicated to creating a variety of products that encourage, that encourage, Got it. No, <laughs> I am sorry. Let me start over. <laughs> that encourage a fulfilling self-care routine. So again, this is, let me start over. I am so sorry, Tulips Bomb Body Care. Let me give you the proper advertisement. This is a bomb body care and is dedicated to creating a variety of products that encourage a, and a fulfilling self-care routine. Um, they offer a variety of hair care for um, locks and things, bath body, beard balm, beard balm, lip gloss. And this is actually a couple who started their skincare business so they can share a lifestyle and provide an all natural unisex self-care routine. Um, so yes, the whole goal is to make your, your squad look bomb and look and feel their best by creating handmade, affordable, unique body skincare products that help improve your skin and overall health care. So they can be found at um, Shop Tulips Bomb Body Care on Instagram. And all the connections will be found in the show notes. So please don't forget to uh, look at Queen Redefined and Shop Tulips Bomb Body Care. I feel you. 
I'm supposed to give a signal, guys. Look, okay, everybody. This is the culture scientist again, and we are gonna start on our week's topic, which is what does it mean to be a woman? Um, what does femininity mean to you? As well as how, what influences does it mean for you? As well as what do you think the state of the femininity or being a woman is today? And then you can, we can also touch on how race plays a role into it, and as well as the LGBTQ plus community. So, um, I would like to go first. Um, as I stated previously in one of one of the episodes during our Blackity Black episodes, I stated that one of the first things I recognize, I identify when being Black is that when my father sat me down and told me you have two things going against you, you're Black and you're a woman. And those things actually stuck with me a long time. Um, and I don't remember when he told me this, I just remember him telling me this. And he told my brother, the other, you're black, you have two things going against you, you're black and you're mad. So being re like, those have been my two identities. And Lady Ray, actually about a year ago, we were having a ladies night and she brought up the question, how do you identify? And for me, I identify first as black and then as a woman and then as human. And though, and I find it interesting that for me, those are my top three and woman is really important. But I, the reason why I identify with women is because that's, I mean, when I when I present to the world, you see me as a woman first and foremost, and then, or black, you know, black woman. Um, so being a woman just means we are, being a black woman, I feel we are, that's the best way to say it, um, taken advantage of often. But now there's this uprising of being appreciated, but still not being appreciated. So it's like, where do we actually stand in that? But for being a woman and recognizing that we're all together, we have a power. Like we bring, we bring life into this world. Like as a overall woman, that is our, like, that's what we do. And I think overall, and when I can just describe what, a, what being a woman is, is being powerful. Um, and that's the most, like, once you recognize that, and as we all discover what it means to ourselves, I mean, you have to figure out what that means for you. And for, like I said, for me, it means being powerful. And then being a Black woman on top of that, I mean, I just feel like I'm all powerful now, because, you know, and then, you know, and even if you can't bring life into the world, we are still the nurturing souls. We're the, the people, no matter how you bring life, we bring life different ways. And without a woman, I feel like there's a, a loss of softness in the world in general, because even the toughest woman still has a softness to her. I don't care what they say. Anybody else want to go next? Um. I would say for me, being a woman means being true to who you are, being unapologetic and walking in your truth, being comfortable in your skin, loving, for, loving yourself for who you are, even when society says that you're not, being generous. There's times where society will look at me and don't think that I'm soft and feminine because of my darker hue. So in a sense, I have to, I guess, work 10 times harder than sisters who are lighter than I am 
to prove that I'm not as the combative, as the aggressive of whatever. But as I've gotten older, since I'm in my mid thirties, can't believe I'm saying it. I'm like, I don't care. Your perception of me is your problem. I'm going to continue to be unapologetic. I'm going to continue to be outspoken. And if you are intimidated because I have a voice about things that I am passionate about, then that's on you. You know, being again, to me, it go back into the whole Lizzo situation. A fat, brown-skinned woman, confident woman, woman, intimidates and makes society uncomfortable. Because plus-size women has been put in a box for years of not being confident or being unattractive or being, you know, disrespected. So you have this brown-skinned, plus-size woman, like, this is who I am. I'm going to flaunt it. And it's an issue. I'm not saying I'm not tired of it. Because to each is own, I don't have to consume, just like um, Desiree said, you don't have to consume it. But when you see all these double standards about, these double standards, these nasty comments about Lizzo and her antics or her behavior or the fact that she's showing her ass, but nobody really says anything when these racially ambiguous IG models do the same exact thing. They're praised for their their nakedness on OnlyFans, excuse me, OnlyFans or IG or whatever social media platforms that they put themselves on. So again, being a woman is what you think being a woman is. If you're comfortable with walking around, we know with revealing clothes or being conservative, wearing, you know, completely covered up, that's what makes you a woman, then that's what makes you a woman. That's what makes you walk into your womanhood and your femininity. Oh, I like that. Um, so when I think about being a woman, I think um, about resilience. That's the first word um, that comes to mind because no matter what it is, no matter what comes our way, what type of adversity we face, whether it be physical, emotional, mental, um, anything that we go through, we find a way to exert that, that power to overcome the obstacles that come our way. And we do it time after time, after time, after time again. Um, I used to think that a woman just was strength because I'm a strong woman. And, you know, like my sister said, sometimes strong women get weak. Sometimes strong women need that motivating support to continue that strength pathway, you know, and sometimes we don't always need to take it on our own. Um, it's a beautiful thing when you have a tribe of females around you that genuinely love you for who you are, not what you do, not what you bring to the table, um, unconditional um, love for, for one another that's genuine. And um, that's a beautiful thing how we can all get together, all walks of life, all different skin tones, body shapes, all of that and can come to common grounds with the different type of um, individual characteristics we bring. And that's the best thing about being an individual is because everybody has something beautiful and ugly about themselves. But when you bring it all together, it's just a beautiful thing. So being a woman just is, exerts power, resilience, and um, we are the shit. Thank you. I like that. The boss, I like that.
Okay, I guess I'll go. Um, I think everybody, I think I stand with all y'all's uh, perspective on what femininity means. I feel like it's just about what makes you feel empowered, what makes you smile. And it's once you reach that, it's, I feel like you reach your true femininity when, like Didi said, you know, when you just stop caring about standards from other people, whether it be men, other women, you know, when you are just comfortable in who you are um, and you don't mind showing that to the world. Yes, I do think you should display discernment on the level that you go to, but I do feel like that's when you reach your, your true femininity. You know, everybody doesn't have to be the soft and sheeple. You know, you can be feminine and still be Black Panther. You could be feminine and be that Asian lady that runs the nail salon. You know, it, you, can, you can be that. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. If being at home, cooking, cleaning, taking care of the house, being at home 24-7 is your way of feeling empowered, then that's your femininity. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with it. You know, I just feel like once you get to a certain point, it doesn't even require age necessarily. But once you reach a certain point of self-awareness, um, you know, everybody else's standards doesn't matter. Like I've started wearing lashes and for some reason, a lot of men keep saying that I'm doing it for women, that we do it for each other, that we get beautified for other women. And I'm just like, why can't I just care about what I'm looking back at the spring? Or why can't I just care about what's looking back at me in the mirror? A lot of men assume that we're losing weight for them. There's all kind of big women, all kind of women, no matter what size they are. You know, I'm not super big, but I ain't necessarily small neither, you know, and it's all kind of heavier women that I don't feel look better than me, but you know, hell, they're married and all kind of stuff. I don't have a problem attracting men neither. I'm not ugly. I'm not intimidated by the next person, whether they look good, better than me or not. I'm not an eyesore. Like, I, I'm not intimidated by the next person. So why can't I just want to be happy with what I'm looking back in the mirror? Even if I haven't reached my weight goals, whatever I put on, once I walk out the door, I've already established that I look good for today. So you giving me a compliment is just an extra boost. But me in the mirror already made an agreement before you saw me. And that's just because I'm confident in who I am. My femininity, it is what it is, you know? I, I used to think that I was single because I lacked femininity. And I'm like, no, I don't lack femininity. I yeah. just have certain things that I'm not gonna deal with, things that I will deal with. And I know that my mindset is somewhere that a lot of people can't comprehend with because it's in a time that we don't live in. But those types of things will always downplay how you feel about yourself. But again, once you find your niche and where you are with your self-love, your self-awareness, you're not going to care about what other people think. And I feel like that's when you have really reached your true femininity and you're able to express how you really are inside because that happiness ends up showing more. You know, that comfortability ends up showing more. And that's what you display to people. I completely agree. Like, I think when I, I reached at some point in time, I don't remember when, 
but I know it was past 25 at least where I became, I started getting more comfortable with every aspect of me. And then it still changes. There's still times where I'm like, okay, I'm not okay with this. I remember, sissy, you remember? You would get me, you and I were the opposite. You, when I was little, you like nails and purses and dress and actually like dressed the part where people would say, oh, you dress like a girl. Where mommy would try to put me in dresses and I stopped wearing dresses. I was like, I don't want to wear a dress. I'm done with this. Um, like things like that. And I would be the person with a cute little purse and some sneakers. And that was for me what was described for my femininity. I think from a young age, I didn't like being put in a box telling me I have to wear pink. I'm pretty sure that's why my favorite color is purple. To me too. Like because, I swear. Yes. Because yes. Or some wedges, sis. Or some wedges. Still to this day. I wow. For To my listeners, my first real heels were not until I think my sophomore year in college. <laughs> that was my first time. Or was it freshman year? We got the heels in Jersey, I remember. But but yeah, no, I didn't like blue because I was associated with boys. I was like, no, why do I have to have that? So you're telling me that I have to have a certain thing to be a girl. Like, I'm pretty sure Malcolm is happy. I don't really wear makeup. Like, as, as far as femininity, I don't wear makeup. I wear it occasionally. I let my friends use me as a doll. When they want to put makeup on, they're like, or homecoming season comes around. I sit down, I let my friends put makeup on me. It's basically what happens. I don't care. I might like, do this for me. Thanks. And call it a day. I probably had makeup that, like professionally done three times in life, maybe. I looked bomb too, though. I'm just going to say, you know, that was an awesome makeup job. But I don't really like makeup. I rub my face too much. But why does those things mark femininity? That's not the type of female that I am. So when you Google uh, what is femininity, it says qualities or attributes regarded as characteristics of a woman. So, and then they have a sentence that says, she altered between embracing her femininity and concealing it. So then I scroll down because I'm curious and there's a question that says, what are feminine characteristics? Traits such as nurturing, nurturing, sensitivity, sweetness, supportiveness, gentleness, warmth, passivity that makes me angry, um, cooperativeness, expressiveness, modesty, humility, empathy, affection, tenderness, and being emotional, kind, helpful, devoted, and understanding have been cited as stereotypical of a feminine. But I'm pretty, you know, with nowadays, there's been a lot of people who've been fighting against that stereotype. But even when I still hear it, it still bugs me. Like, I don't like being called, like, what's the, um, what's the term when you're dating somebody? Um, submissive. Most, like, some people, I, there's, a, there's a level to me of submissiveness. And there's a good submissive and a bad submissive. And when you tell me your favorite thing about me is my submissiveness, that automatically tells me I'm pissed off. I just, it's just something. Like, I think the right man, quote unquote, and I'm saying this and I don't, we don't need to discuss this, but the right man will get the correct type of submissiveness. But like, why does a woman have to be submissive to begin with? 
Is it to allow the man to leave? But that's a whole, whole, whole different topic in discussion. And we could have that on a whole episode, trust and believe. But I'm I would love to, girl. I mean, it's just stuff that I think about when I see it. Like, I granted, like, we have, like, you, like, previously, I think um, D said about our voices, we have to decide when are we going to be the angry, are we going to be the, um, the loud, the loud girl here and it's different for our white counterparts it's different being a woman because we have to sit there and think about how we will no matter how big because I have a big personality I talk a lot I've accepted this I have a big personality I'm loud and I'm lucky to work in a place where I can play my rap music but then again I'm not going to play like the unedited version of Lizzo, for example, since we keep bringing up Lizzo, or the unedited version of my, uh, J. Cole. I'm not gonna play that loudly without the headphones, but I'm gonna play, you know, some music and show my personality because that's who I am. I'm no, I'm just, I'm not gonna dull my shine, although it has been dulled so, oh so slightly. It's coming back, but yeah, and it's. I think self care is an important aspect. One of the questions I want to ask. Um, and it's kind of touching on how we present ourselves, I guess, and how Jay touched on people thinking that we dress certain ways for ourselves. Um, cat calls. How do you guys feel about cat calls? Is it a compliment? I answered this question a while ago, but I want everybody, I want everybody else to answer it first and then I'll, I'll put my two cents in. So like, like, yeah, go ahead. Cat calls in general. It's very uncomfortable. It is very uncomfortable because when you respond back and saying like, you know, I don't want to be bothered, that can be your last words. Mm. I live in a large metro city where cat calling is really, really prevalent up there. And I've experienced aggressive cat calling from guys. And it's to the point where if I, you know, I do a lot of walking. So I try not to make eye contact with people when I walk. So it's not a compliment. It is it's very uncomfortable. It would be one thing if a young man would say, hello, how you doing? I have no problem with speaking. You know, I'll speak to anybody. Hey, how you doing? I'm going to keep it moving. But when you whistling or you saying, hey, yo, come here. Oh, I know, I, I know you hear me. Hey, black, black. Hey, black, this. Um. Oh, so you think you're too good to talk to somebody? It's it's just like, no. We're first of all, you're not entitled to my time and space. I don't have to speak to you. But when you want to get disrespectful because I refuse to acknowledge you, that becomes an issue. And then you have people saying, "Well, you should have just spoke." Why? You're not. In, I'm not entitled to speak to people if I don't want to. But then when you get to the point where you, some guys have even kind of got like close to you and try to walk with you. And it's like, okay, now this is harassment. You went from catcalling to harassment. And a lot of people don't understand that, that women do live in a dangerous society where we have to be on guard 24 seven to the point where I'm holding my stun gun in my hand or I'm holding my mace in my other hand, just in case I might got to spray or sting somebody. And mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to live like that, but that's the society that we live in. So when people say you can't take a compliment, no, I don't have to take a compliment if compliment if I don't want to. Again, I'm not, you're not entitled to my energy. 
if I don't want to give it to you. So I, I just, I don't do well with cat callings. It is, is, is very uncomfortable to me. It's traumatic for me. I can't deal with it. Like I cannot. I I come from a time when I was younger, like I always had, y'all know how my body was in real life. I've always had that, right? But when I was younger, where I come from up north, it was not cool to have all of that. So being called lard ass, fat ass or whatever, you got a fat ass, that was not a compliment. It was not the P-H-A-T. It was F-A-T, okay? And that was just it. It was not cool to have no big butt. It was not cool to have big breasts. Like none of that was cool. So I grew up with that trauma to where once I started getting the cat calling in the street or whatever, even if you talk too much about my butt today, even though my friends always do it, they always just think it's so funny to talk about my ass and smack it and all kind of stuff, swearing up and down, you can set a glass on it. It's not funny for me. Like that was traumatic growing up and it's something I never grew out of. I don't like you talking too much about it. Like, I, I really don't. If I had the funds, I would get it reduced, butt and chest. That's how traumatic it is. And for somebody to think it's cool to just yell out any type of absurdities that they can to you at any given moment, and you're just supposed to accept it. Like Didi said, I don't have to welcome you into my space. I don't even have to acknowledge you talking to me, period. Granted, that's what society says to do so that you don't come off as rude, but you're being rude by hollering at me. Like that, that's just it. You should just be quiet. Like stop being ignorant. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a way to approach women and we've gotten so far away from how these old Thundercats used to come up to us women. So I agree. I shouldn't have to be on guard 24 seven, but we are. I feel Agreed. like um, I've never, I've never personally like experience cat calling like I'm walking in the street and someone like cat calls me if you will I think I've had people look at me weird and stuff like that but I've never had anybody be like you know you in the purple leggings like or nothing like that but what I have had is people come up to me at my place of work and that for me has always been a little bit frustrating so when I was younger and I was working in different customer facing industries um, thank God, you know, we got out of that, you know. <laughs> um, but when I was working in a lot of customer-facing industries, whether it be like, I worked at a hospital, I worked in food service, I worked in a lot of places where like, they wouldn't necessarily catcall you, right? Because you're in your place of work. But what they would do is they would make really lewd comments when they would come up to you. So like, I'm cashing you out and you're coming up to me and you're like saying things that feel a little bit kind of, like they're, they're flirting, but it feels a little off-putting because it's like, dude, I'm at work. <laughs> like, I'm like, please, can you please move? I got people to deal with. Like you are occupying, now you're occupying my money and I can't have you doing that. Now we have a problem. And I remember, I'll never, I'll never forget. And what was worse is like when they do it and you work at a hospital, you know why they're there. Like, you know why they're there. And I had a guy, he was there like because of a, uh, he was concerned about an STI, right? And so as he's checking out, he's like, 
you know, the test ain't came back yet. You just had the test. And as you're coming out, the first thing you want to do is be like, hey, like, I want to flirt with you, sir. Get yourself together, please. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Go away. <laughs> it's just time and place, time and place. But I just feel like a lot. I also feel like what you see is like you get. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I've seen it more from older gentlemen than younger gentlemen. Yeah, I definitely got hit on by older gentlemen before. It's very, I'm like, I'm sorry. No, leave me alone, please. I think for me, um, uh, older gentlemen, it's not more of a cat call. Their approach with me is actually better and respectable, even though to me it still come off as creepy because I'm like, oh, you kind of like my dad age, but it's more on a respectable level. But when it comes to like millennial men, their approach is trash. I hate to say it. I hate to generalize, but from my experiences with millennial males, their approach has been trash. I've, I've actually been in a club where a man pushed me because I didn't want to dance with him. Like, he didn't even ask to dance. He just came up on my ass and just started dancing. I'm like, whoa, back up. You know, like, excuse me, I'm good. You know, I'm with my line system. I'm like, no, I'm good. We good. Then he pops up on my ass again. And then I'm like, sir, I, I don't want to dance. The nigga pushed me. And it's like, bruh, this is weird. As we leave the bar, a guy, we didn't even hear. The guy told my line sister she was pretty. We didn't hear it at all. I said, I told you you were pretty. You can at least say thank you. We looked, we was like, wait a minute. We got so confused because we didn't know what happened. So it's like, for me, when I get approached by older men, it's on a respectable level. More likely I'm going to decline their offer because they are old enough to be my dad and my granddad. But when it comes to men my age, our age, it's, it's ghetto. <laughs> That's the best way I can say it. It's just ghetto. Real quick. Um, yeah, go ahead, sissy. Oh, no, I was just going to say real quick. Um, a long time ago, my godmother told me a story about her being at a bar with her best friend. And a man spoke to her and she kind of gave that like, nigga, don't talk to me. And he knocked her out, knocked her out, punched her, knocked her out like she was a man. So from that day on, I've been humble. You know, it's unacceptable. It's not welcomed. But because I don't want to get knocked out, you know what I'm saying? I always keep my stunners on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they really can't see my eyes and just keep my head down and, you know, try to be as polite as possible, you know. But we got to be careful sometimes. Right. I mean, that's why mommy always be asking me, you have your pepper spray? You got your pepper spray? So, you know. Um, okay, so we have a couple minutes left. So really quickly, I think I want to I want to touch on what do you think influences your femininity, or what do you think influenced it, and to, and today's like today's femininity. Like if we can answer it in a two parter, like how you have been influenced in general, and that can be from your as some of you talked about your your experiences um, from race to school. And then as well as, you know, in general, the like um, 
today's state of femininity and what it, what do you think as a whole women are at? Now you wanna go first? Um, so um, I've always been blessed to have a good, a good tribe, a good village, a strong woman to look up to, to admire, to kind of um, get the knowledge from. Um, and it's always been good. Um, so I guess that has influenced me um, to know the right things, do the right things, try to be the best. Um, and I missed the second part of the question. I'm sorry, because somebody sent me a text message, but that's, that's where my strength comes from. Oh, the second part was, and you about today's like society and femininity. Um, I just try to be a, an example in today's society, uh, society just because of the people that were good examples to me and to whom much is given, much is required. So I just try to pass on the good knowledge um, that I have. And I don't know if that answered the question, but that's my response. <laughs> I got you. Next, anybody? Okay, well... Um, all right, Didi. I was waiting on you to get get in there, man. <laughs> I was, I was Listen, I want to piggyback on all y'all, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are the major... <sighs> like anything, basically, anything you want to say about femininity. How about that, if that's easier? No, I can actually answer your question. So okay. we'll finally, like, push push my femininity, like, over was once I realized that, again, we don't live in the time that I was raised up to think that we were in. Because I all, like, my grandmother pretty much kind of raised me and it was always find, find a husband, get married, be in the house, take care of your house or whatever. You know, this is what you do. And I didn't really hang around my cousins like that. I always hung around my grandmother, her sisters, her brother. Um, so that's kind of where I got my knowledge from. And then once I got older and I had my little first boyfriend, y'all know, and I'm up here like, this is it, Grams? Like, I'm going to get married. This is going to be it. You couldn't have paid me to think I would have had a child on a wedlock, that I'd be 32, single. You couldn't have paid me to think that that was going to be like my life. So I was like, Grams, you set me up for failure. Y'all made me think that this is how life was, blah, blah, blah. And I just felt like a failure because those things didn't happen for me in that type of sequence or whatever. Like my uncles would always be like, just, just go be a wife. Like, just go be a wife, find you a man and make sure he love you more than you love him because that's the only way it's going to work. Like my uncles have always told me this. And when that didn't happen for me and I ended up pregnant with my daughter or whatever, I was just like... I felt like a failure. And then when you got people that's always criticizing your weight, how you look, how you dress, blah, 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 it always play a role in how you feel. But then as time goes on and you realizing that the next person is going through the same stuff you do, no matter what their size is, no matter what they look like, we all got our insecurities, whether it's how we look, our finances, mm -hmm. our jobs, our careers, all of, you know, like everybody's got insecurities from the most successful person in the world to the poorest. We all have them. So at what point do you just stop caring about 
you know, those types of things. They just don't, they don't propel you forward. Even when I lost my job back in October, I was like, oh my God, I was in panic mode. Like I have got to find something, got to find something, got to find something. Everything was counteracting. Huh? Oh, sorry. Everything was moving, being like counteractive because I was panicking over things that was out of my control. And then once I just let all that crap go, now stuff is kind of moving in a different way. Once I was just like, okay, I don't, just because I lost my job in October, that doesn't mean that I'm a bum. Cause I was like, oh my God, I'm a bum bitch now. Like, oh my God, I ain't got a job. But then it, it doesn't like mean that. Cause anybody who knows me, y'all know I don't do anything but work. I will work two, three, four, four, five jobs as many as I can. But then I was just like, you know, you run yourself into the mud. You take away from your femininity when you're doing all this extra stuff that stresses you out to where you can't be the best version of yourself for your friends, your family, your kids, associates, or whatever, if you can't present yourself in a better light to other people. All right, Didi, get in here. Dang, okay. I can go. You want me to go, Didi? No, I, just to you know, piggyback what they said. Um, I think what hit me about exhorting to my femininity is when I hit 30. I don't know what it is. It's like when you hit 30, you just don't give a fuck about a lot of shit. You just don't. And it's like, you don't care about what people's perception are you. Cause it's like for years, you know, I was raised to not to prove that I was the angry little black girl or I was the aggressive little black girl. But as I've gotten older, even with me just having my mouth shut, just my presence and my aura alone intimidates people. Yeah. so again once I hit 30 I was just like that's you I'm comfortable in who I am I you know I, I'm prissy at times but I'm also I do I honestly I do have some masculine traits as well because of how I was raised when you was raised in a community that really does not protect you you have to be guarded and kind of have like a masculine aura just to protect yourself that was my defense mechanism but I've also had positive influences of femininity. You know, I look at my older sister. I look at my cousins. You know, they they teach me a lot about being a woman. And I definitely take that into consideration. But again, when it comes to like turning 30, you just don't care. That's your insecurity. That's your, you like to project insecurity onto people just, just like Jim they say when you have guys. And again, I don't understand why women always taking a man's opinion because a lot of their opinions are irrelevant anyway. But they be the ones who like to project their insecurities onto women the most. Just because I like to wear lashes, just because I like to wear nails or, you know, I like to wear makeup doesn't mean I'm doing it for everybody else. It's because I like it because I like it how it look on me. It has nothing to do with you or it has nothing to do with another female. Girl, I don't know how many times <laughs> Malcolm will be like, that looks good on you. You look good. I'm like, okay, thank you. And then I go change. Because I don't like it on me. It's me. I don't like it. I don't like how it'll fit on me. And I, right. I'm grateful that he likes it on me. And I'm grateful that he thinks I look good. And that is one thing I can say. I am grateful that I have somebody to constantly tell me, even when I feel bad, that I look good. That is nice to have. But if I, my personal self, does not feel good, nothing is going to make me feel good. Right. And right. Right. That's things that I had to learn with and like yes everybody talks about self-care and self-care for like my girly self-care is I like to go to the movies and watch a chick flick 
Okay, my favorite, that's my favorite thing to do by myself is watch a chick flick. And when I learned to go on dates by myself, mm-hmm. that is when I began to learn to love myself. Right, right. Because it's like going I've, always, I've always had positive influences. I've always had a wide variety. And I think for like my influence on my femininity has, has never been one type of female. It's always been, it can look this way. So for example, um, God, God um, rest my auntie Jojo, you know, love her, rest in peace. She was bomb. She showed me a different type of femininity. She was a homosexual woman. Well, actually, I feel like after a while, if you says that she was asexual, I don't know. But she was a woman that I knew she was a woman and she screamed woman, but she didn't dress like a woman. She didn't dress all girly. She didn't do all that stuff. But when I looked at her, I saw a woman. And I don't understand why we have to be constantly defined by a certain type of femininity or such and such. Like I said before, I like a wide range. I've had from women that look like men, all like completely look like a man, but that is a woman from transgender all the way through. Like I personally, whatever is gonna influence me and you're a woman I can I swear even a transgender woman I feel can teach me a few things you know they you know we have to be welcoming to uplift each other and things like that and I once I learned to a like I've always once I learned to self-love and especially because I've been I feel like a lot of my life I've been searching searching for where I fit in searching when um like I was I'm adopted now I've always felt that I fit in but there's always a piece of me searching like do I am I for sure fitting in when I got the cut when I got to high school oh do I fit in with the black kids do I fit in with the girls do I fit in here so like all these issues I fit in when I got to college am I black enough you know I've learned that's what I learned you know there's no such thing truly to be black enough but there's and then being a woman, what does it mean to be a black woman? And as I've gotten older, I've learned. And like Dee said, when you hit 30, especially when 30 hit, it was a little bit before 30 that the not care started coming. But when 30 hit, it legit was like, okay, and didn't help, you know, being in school and all that other stuff. So like, I think femininity is whatever you want femininity to be, whatever it looks like to you. And it's all about... I think we all stated previously resilience. We're all powerful. It's, I, I mean, overall, we're, we're life bringers. Even for, like I said before, for those that are unable to physically bring life into the world, you still are a life bringer because you're constantly sharing love. Um, and I hate when they say, like, I just want to say this because it's bugged me. Like, oh, a woman can be president. Yes, I totally would have voted for Hillary because she was a woman. Because I do feel that women have bigger balls than men. And I'm going to say that because women have to go through childbirth. Okay? And I have not gone through childbirth yet. I don't want to. I'm not excited. Okay? I'm not. But bless those who have. Okay? This is why I say this. Because we go through so much as a whole that I feel like for us to say, for when we get told we're not strong enough or we're, our emotions get too in the way of things, I don't think that's true. Sometimes, yes, we have to learn to control our emotions sometimes, I think. But I think our emotions are actually what make us sometimes better leaders and better 
um, in the and I think our value should be um, considered more in society. Um, huh? Oh, yeah. So with that being said, we're coming to the end of the episode. Um, and we like to leave off with a trans, uh, a transparent moment. And I want to leave the question asking you, how have you contributed to femininity in the in people around you, like the women around you? Are you uplifting them? And can, like, are you bashing them from their type of femininity? Things like that. Just think about when you look at femininity around you, how are you playing into it? You don't have to be an active member in the the role of feminism, because I'm sure not, but I try to at least uplift my my women and my fellow women where it can be. Do you guys have any last little things you want to say leave off with? Um, I think for me, even though I'm not really as active on social media like I was before, um, when I was I was very vocal about protecting Black women, um, very vocal about uplifting Black women and, you know, features, you know, natural hair, you know, promoting 4C hair, even though I don't have 4C hair, but I am a big advocate for 4C hair. Huh? I have 4C hair. I wish I had 4C hair. (laughs) But I think for me, my goal, my way of uplifting is just constantly supporting Black women because we are the most unprotected in this country. We are the most neglected in this country. And it hurts when I see other Black women bashing other Black women because they choose to walk in their own femininity in a different way. Pick me, but that's another conversation. Oh, you know, you have ideas, (laughs) you just drop them. We have more episodes, come on, you know. But I mean, like we stated before, femininity is all in how you think what femininity is. And there's some things that I don't agree with with some people when they when they talk about femininity, but at the, at the same time, I'm still going to respect them. I'm not going to trash them because they tend to think otherwise. We all have different opinions. But when it comes to the point where you're just bashing because somebody else have a different opinion or different mindset of what they think femininity is, that's an issue for me. But my goal when I do continue to be back active on social media, I'm going to continue to uplift black women. I'm going to continue to post pictures of black girls rocking and black women and their accomplishments because little black there's ballerinas. Like, yes, black ballerinas, black dancers, black, you know, scientists, I mean, black psychologists, whatever. I'm going to continue to uplift and constantly advocate for protecting of black women. That's just who I am. Thank you. Thank you. Any last words? I'm going to leave it as I'm an asset to anything I'm involved in. So if I'm not able to help you, I'm for damn sure not going to hurt you. That's a good one. I like that. that is in fact, I love that one. Because that's because a part of femininity, I feel like is allowing it to evolve and placing yourself in a position to be an asset. I just recently had to deal with that when I realized like, yo, I could never go back to being a CNA because I don't like dealing with women in that type of capacity. I like to like other women. I like to make you feel good. I like to uplift you or whatever. And if we working together in a stressful environment, that's just going to create chaos and gossip and all the type of things that I don't even care for. I don't even take part in it. So I would rather remove myself from that type of situation. I feel like that helps more. Like, we ain't got to be wiping ass and turning people together. 
but you know i do sell feminine products so if you want to come over here if you've never worn lashes before let me stick them suckers on your face and make you feel good like you're ready to go grump your husband or go to the club or whatever great if you want you know it's it's it, i feel like there's different ways that you can contribute it doesn't i also feel like it's a part of holding other people accountable as well when other people try to speak against your feminine growth or just your growth in general because when i can't remember which one of y'all said it but you couldn't have been more spot on with people projecting their their own characteristics or their own insecurities onto you because i have had to have this conversation with a couple of my so-called close friends who would be like oh you you know would say certain things and i'd be like yo that's not a characteristic of mine like don't speak against my character don't project onto me what you got going on you know and then even if you used to know me in a different capacity don't try to make me only remember those times in my life because I have grown, I have evolved, you know, and you have to allow people to do that. You know, you may have known somebody during their whole phase or during their shy phase or, you know, at a time where somebody might've been wild. Absolutely. But if they're not that way today, you have to allow, allow that person to be in that new skin that they're in and in that Absolutely. new mindset. Completely so, agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. You took it out the bar part. Definitely. Yes. And with that, I think that's a great place to end. Um, I just want to say thank you for working through with me. This was the first um, episode where I actually had to be the main host and this is not normal. So uh, thank you for working through the kinks with me. Again, this is the Truth and Transparency podcast. So again, we be as truthful and as transparent as we possibly can be. Um, and I would like to thank uh, Brother X and Mr. Smith for their hard work here and their help that they have done to this episode. And again, to all our listeners out there, if this podcast does not get any bigger than it is right now, we thank you for taking the time out and listening. Thank you for our participants and thank you for all the love um, that you have been giving us. Um, and this is sincerely from me, the culture scientist and Brother X. And with that, we are done. Okay, so are we done recording?